if for whatever reason it doesn't feel right, listen to it. There's been multiple chances that, ah, man, I wish I did that deal. I could have made so much money. And there's been times where we're like, you know what? Thank God we didn't do it. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try SmartMove tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how SmartMove can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with SmartMove's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with SmartMove's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. With us today, Ronnie Elias. How you doing, Ronnie? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and it is my pleasure. A little bit about Ronnie. He's the lead asset manager for Town Center Partners. He's worked in litigation cases reaching over $9.5 billion, managed a portfolio of over $520 million in real estate assets at a previous firm based in McLean, Virginia. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, McLean, Virginia. McLean, Virginia. So with that being said, Ronnie, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure thing. Thanks for the introduction. Previously was very heavily involved in real estate assets. Predominantly, we were ground up developers going anywhere from purchasing hundreds to thousands of acres and being the master developer, holding back sometimes portions for multifamily development or retail development and selling off residential portions, out parcels, and so forth. We grew from a very modest firm. We were backed by very significant private individuals. We grew from probably a $5 million firm in excess of almost $600 million. And as our ownership team started to get a little bit older, we started to liquidate some assets so they could retire. I was then given the opportunity to do something a little bit outside of real estate 
when I came and joined Town Center Partners, where we do probably something very unique. While everyone probably hates the word lawsuit or being involved with a lawsuit, we look at the lawsuit as an asset. A lot of plaintiffs come to us or plaintiff law firms saying, hey, I've got this great case. It's against Fortune 500 or this massive company. It is lawsuits are very expensive. I need assistance. We step in, we fund that lawsuit or fund the company that has been substantially hurt by that lawsuit to keep it afloat. And then when they win their lawsuit, we repay what we invested plus a portion of the winnings. And if the case for some reason is not successful, no harm, no foul. We have taken that financial loss and the plaintiff can just go on from there. So we're definitely assisting folks and we've started to do a dramatic amount of real estate litigation. And a lot of our clients now who have won their lawsuits, we've created kind of our asset advisory side where we're out there scouring for talented general partners, where we've created our own fund for clients who have now successfully won their lawsuits and want to put those financial earnings to work and seeing who are talented GPs to partner up with. We will just be focusing in the multifamily sector. We think that that's a great sector to be in and can create a great income stability for our clients. And we're just very excited what the future kind of holds for everyone right now. Well, so many questions to ask. Let's start with when you were working with the ground development team and you were developing hundreds of thousands of acres, how did you get involved with that? And what was your role? I started off initially as an asset manager. We were a very small team and our ownership group kind of wanted to be in control of the process, the planning, and kind of creating large-scale development projects. And I kind of always had a love for real estate. And it was always great that you could take a drawing where there sometimes it was just a big square box and just saying, hey, this corner is going to be apartments along this major highway we want to do retail shopping center, grocery, anchored, and we really love that. As we started to do it more and more, I'll tell you it was a lot of probably brain cell damage. <laughs> we predominantly were developing in Florida and New York. Oh, wow. And we got to see some extreme highs where you could have bought a property for two, three million dollars and the next day you were getting phone calls saying, hey, I want to buy this for four or five million dollars. Um, uh, appreciation was happening through the roof. And then during the downturn, where things were just so bad, and we had some development projects where we had poured millions into it, and a new mayor was elected, and there's now a referendum on any large scale development. And now millions of dollars poured in for design plans, engineering, legal fees, and all that. And now you're kind of holding something that, quote unquote, has a diminished value because the city wants to look at its new scale 
type of development. So it was very exciting. We got to experience some great highs. We definitely, again, during the Great Recession, even a firm of our size, we did have to give back the quote-unquote keys to some assets because they just did not work. And we worked some things out with some banks. We had to kind of restructure some deals with them. And some banks were great to work with, some not so great. Again, when we're looking for GPs to partner up with our fund for our clients, we don't look at it as, quote, unquote, really a bad thing that folks went through a tough time or some things happened to them. We're kind of doing our due diligence and seeing, hey, did you at least live through a bad cycle or how did you deal with the situation? Because life is not perfect. Things happen and how you react to it is the most important thing and how you dealt with those situations. When you're in a tough spot and you're working with a bank or you're attempting to work with a bank, what are some things a bank that isn't as amenable to you working with them, what are some things that they're saying to you versus a bank that is willing to work with you more? I'll give you at least a tactic that I think is the best way. I think there should be always a two-team approach. And the best way to attack it is someone's got to be the good cop. Someone has to be the bad cop. I predominantly took on the position as the bad cop to kind of drill things down while either another team member of mine would be the good cop or our legal counsel would try to be the good cop. Our goal was to always save the assets. Sometimes banks are just very unrealistic. They call you up. Back in the day when you'd call them up for, hey, I'd like to borrow $20 million, their response was, why don't you borrow $30 million? Now the phone call was, you owe me $25 million. I would like a check for $25 million tomorrow. And my response would be, well, let me go and look underneath my bed, and if I have $25 million, it will be there tomorrow. I think as we've gotten older, especially now, I think been kind of through that downturn, try to always see where that person's coming from. Now, you know, also understanding people can be going through bad days. And if this person is maybe sometimes taking that aggression out on you, it's okay. I don't try to take things personal, which in the back of my mind, it was personal because, hey, you, you're taking this asset that we added so much quality to and put so much money into and things changed and it didn't just change for us this was kind of a happening across the board for everyone when you were being the bad cop and say your counsel was being the good cop when you're communicating with the lender what were some things that you would say or talk about as the bad cop as the bad cop we're going to make this a very long arduous journey. And today you're getting some payment. We're asking for extensions. We're asking for maybe lowering the payment. If you're unhappy with getting paid $100,000 a month, I wonder how it's going to feel when you're getting paid zero a month and racking up hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees. We made a name for ourselves that I think one thing you have to also make sure you don't say something unless 
you're actually going to do it or back it up. Because the worst thing is to put deadlines or say stuff and you just would not follow through. Our in-house and even our outside counsel understood when we would say something or when I would say something that they could pretty much take what I said as going to the bank. So if we were going to fight this aggressively or we were closing on this deal on XYZ date, it was going to happen. So I think them just making sure that what you say is actually going to happen. And some folks might not know this out there. Once a loan goes into default, usually there is some person, a special asset person, who's usually a legal cousin Vinny, who wants to kind of just scare you and intimidate you into all of these actions to take. Hey, if you ain't going to get us our money, we're going to chase you till the end of time for this and, and all of these things and kind of scare you. And those folks, what maybe a lot of people don't know about is they have a financial incentive to squeeze as much blood out of you as possible because they are going to earn either a bonus or some type of commission off of you by squeezing every little penny out of you. Again, nothing wrong with that. Everyone needs to make a living, but I think knowledge is power coming into discussions with them and just saying, hey, listen, you lay it out there for them. You try to make them understand things. And sometimes I would say they've got a little bit of a thick head. It, it takes a couple knocks to the skull for things to now start making sense, saying, oh, geez, these guys are kind of difficult and making them realize for every dollar we're spending in legal fees, you're probably spending five or six dollars. Mm -hmm. And is that a wise benefit of the bank's time and money? Well, hey, maybe we should give these guys some breathing room so they can refinance, earn some money during this time period, and we all go our separate way. Because at that point, it was, okay, you want to take the property back? What are you going to do with it? You're a bank. You're not in the business of, quote, unquote, developing, or you want to start building apartment complexes and doing that? No. So what were they going to do? They were going to take it back, have to what? Fire sale it? Okay. So we could have refinanced you out higher than that fire sale, and all it was was time, and you're still earning a monthly P&I payment. So it took some convincing. Some did not want to see it. So finally, okay, here's the key and walked away. No recourse against us. And at the end of the day, they did what we expect them. They fire sold it and had to take a substantial loss than the offer we had given them. It's just the market dictates what people are willing to offer. And then when things are in that distressed position, it causes different dynamics or Either someone has to come off cash purchase or there's a lower LTV or LTC. So the pool of buyers becomes much more limited. And some banks recognize that, some did not. And I would say a unfortunate slash good learning experience because now definitely, at least myself and the team, we definitely look at things much more differently. Back then when things were just done ho and phone was always ringing off the hook. Hey, I want to buy this. I want to buy this after. I want to buy this. Boom, boom, boom. 
looking back at it, I would say, I wish we said yes to a lot of those phone calls instead of wanting to hold on. So that's just given us kind of a much better outlook, especially now going forward and being extremely good shepherds for our clients who we've seen them go through a very difficult position with their lawsuit. And now they came to us and said, listen, I want to do something that can help my family or I want to have some type of income generation going forward, finding those quality general partners for them so they can kind of have a healthy cash flow and their initial investment is protected as much as possible going forward. Let's talk about some of the circumstances where there's litigation and you all fund the company through that process and then you share in the upside. What are some examples, and obviously share whatever you can share, but I'm curious of some examples where there's this level of litigation. Like what happens where there's a multi-million, or in this case, when I introduced you in your bio, I mentioned that you've worked in litigation cases reaching over $9.5 billion. So what are some things that one company is doing to another that causes this high of dollar values? Let's take an example and not to get a letter tomorrow from a <laughs> Fortune 500 company saying, how dare you use our name? Let's take an example and, and let's kind of try and make it real estate related. So let's say the John Doe family in 1960 became joint venture partners with the Mouse Company. And at that point, the Mouse Company was a very small company. And part of their joint venture agreement that they would continuously grow together and as new locations were built, they were 50-50 partners. And let's say in 2018, John Doe Company has now 100 stores with the Mouse Company. The Mouse Company has now grown to be a publicly traded Fortune 500 company worth billions of dollars. Someone inside of the Mouse Company says, man, these John Doe's have really made a ton of money off our back. And you know what? Looking at this agreement, we think they actually are in default of their agreement. And if they're in default of their agreement, you know what we can do? We can take those 100 stores from them, liquidate them, give them 10 cents on the dollar. And we've now come into so much great cash and great equity. This is a home run for the mouse company. Mm-hmm. And taking all aside that, you know, hey, that's, this is all highly unethical. You're doing this to a partner that has been with you for 50 plus years. And this was the deal. Just because the deal went great and you became a multi-billion dollar company and John Doe's family has become wealthy off the deal, which one would say is a win-win situation for all. Someone in grand wisdom says, you know what? We think we can stick it to John Doe Company and haul him on the default. So it's a lovely Thursday. He's out there drinking coffee with his family and goes and checks his mail and gets a letter from the Mouse Company says, 
dear Mr. John Doe, we find you in default. We are hereby terminating our agreement. We are seizing the 100 stores. You will be receiving no more a distribution. And we think after we do all the books, more than likely these 100 stores have zero value or you have to write us a check. So adding insult to injury, a Fortune 500 company wants to rob you blind and sell you at the end of the day that you might even owe us some money on top. So John Doe quickly goes, speaks to their lawyer, has to file a lawsuit, and predominantly, if you were to imagine yourself looking at the courtroom, it's John Doe with his one-person attorney, and on the other side is Fortune 500 company who has five or six representatives there, and probably another five or six attorneys also, and spending thousands of dollars an hour saying how John Doe and his family are such bad people and they were forced to call him in default and so forth. Got it. So John Doe comes to us and say, listen, I'm up against the mouse company. They are a multi-billion dollar company. My attorney has told me it's going to be a million dollars to fund this lawsuit and go forward. We'll review it. We'll do our own underwriting and give it a value internally. And then we'll come up with, we'll say, okay, Mr. John Doe, we're going to fund your lawsuit for half a million, a million dollars. Or if John Doe says my attorney's working on a contingency fee, I need half a million or a million dollars to survive during the lawsuit. We would do that also. And then there would be a repayment structure where every six months, the amount that has to be repaid is increasing. And as I tell everyone, it is increasing at a very high rate because it's not a loan and so forth. And it's a non-recourse advance. So again, like what I said, if the lawsuit's lost, you never have to pay back that money. We took that loss. So a year later, year and a half later, the mouse company says, how about we pay you $75 million? We'll take these hundred stores off your books and we just separate and go away. It is up to John Doe and his attorney to decide what's fair. If he thinks 75 million is fair, he takes the 75 million, refers to our contract, and sees what that million dollars has now grown to, pays us, and the rest goes to him, and everyone goes their separate way. And had we not funded that million dollars, who knows what John Doe would have gotten, if anything. So if you look at our tagline, our mission is that's all what we're doing. We're here to help folks that are truly hurt or being trying to be taken advantage of um, some larger player out there in the market and just trying to tip the scale in favor of justice. Thank you for that example. and. Thank goodness that you all are there for the companies that need help and can't financially weather the storm during the litigation process. So taking a giant step back really quick, here's a question I ask all the guests. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate advice, listen to your gut and do your homework. If for whatever reason it doesn't feel right, listen to it. There's been multiple chances that, ah, man, I wish I did that deal. 
could have made so much money. And there's been times where we're like, you know what? Thank God we didn't do it. We'd have been sitting here with a fat zero. So just listen to your gut and do your homework. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants best ever listeners we have launched bestevercauses.com that's bestevercauses.com we profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart get the word out about their cause and also donate money towards their cause if you'd like to one learn more about the causes that we're profiling we do one a month then go to bestevercauses.com And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Okay, best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book recently read? Believe it or not, I've been reading Burr book by Bigger Pockets. It kind of intrigued me a bit. What is the best ever deal you've done? We've talked about some already. What's the best ever? Best ever by you mean largest profit ever made or however you define it. I'd say best ever deal closed Friday on a purchase for two million on Monday sold it for five. Yes, please. Where was that located? This was located out in International Drive in Orlando, Florida, heavy tourist area next to the convention center and a commercial piece of property where we had certain plans for it during the due diligence and closing of the property. A substantial uh, tenant reached out to us that wanted to purchase the property and made us a deal that was too good to be true in such a short time period that we said we we should be put in an insane asylum if we do not accept these people's offer. (laughs) And we said... Let's do it. And we were very hush about it. We did not even tell our lender about it. They were very perplexed when we closed on Friday. And um, Saturday, I was just saying, can you just confirm what is the payoff amount? And the banker was, well, I can tell you that's that, but I'm kind of surprised why you're asking about it. I said, don't worry about it. We'll talk on Monday. And on Monday, our closing agent reached out to them and says, hey, I just want to confirm the payoff. Is it this? And they're like, yes, it is. And thank you very much. We look forward to receiving the wire. So that was probably one of our best deals ever. We've talked about some deals that didn't go well, so I, I won't ask about that again. What's the best ever way you like to give back to the community? Right now at Town Centers, when we were created, 5% of our profits, not our investors or anyone else we donate five percent of our profits we have two charities hands along the nile and orphans africa and we also do a couple scholarship programs for young attorneys who are studying for the bar so you reap what you sow so we're very big believers in that completely agree and how can the best ever listeners learn more about your company i invite you to our website which is yourtcp.com 
very accessible via email. If you ever want to shoot me an email just to discuss whatever, Ronnie, R-O-N-I, at yourtcp.com. And it would be a pleasure to help anyone out there that's going through some type of difficulty in a lawsuit where they're the plaintiff. And I just definitely want to wish everyone an exciting 2019 and see how things go here for the rest of the year. It's going to be definitely some exciting time period for everyone. Well, Ronnie, thank you for being on the show talking about the challenges that took place during the recession and some insider knowledge on when you're working with banks, how to approach it, the team members involved. I love your unofficial cousin Vinny to scare you analogy or reference, I should say, and how to have those conversations if we are in a situation like that. Then also on the flip side, some deals that you've done that have received a tremendous amount of profit. And then obviously talking about what you're focused on now and representing those who need representation in order to receive the justice that needs to be received. So thanks for being on the show, Ronnie. Hope you have a best ever day. Great catching up with you and talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Take care. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.